Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through some honorable mentions, talk about future games, and whatever else kind of comes across our minds. I'm Dan Tucker, and with me as always is El Ray. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest, I think, officially creates a tradition where every school semester we're going to take one of Joel's students and bring them onto the podcast. So today we have young Logan himself, a Red Hawk gamer. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, we're excited to have you. I think uh, these interviews with uh, people who are younger than us, where we get to be, where we get to uh, realize over and over again how old we are, uh, is very fun because we get kind of a newer perspective on different games. So I'm excited to get into this. Let's jump right in. So game number one on your list, Monster Hunter Rise, specifically the Sunbreak expansion, but I'll get into that. So Monster Hunter, what system are you playing it on? Let's start there because this is a Switch original, but recently it kind of just like showed up everywhere now. Where were you playing this game? So I, I have been playing since day one of Monster Hunter Rise on my Switch, but like my whole, the whole Monster Hunter journey went from like we, but I think like currently just on the switch with the new game so this, this is not your, your nope. first uh monster hunter game then so tell me what tell me about the series then. tell me what you love the about reason it so why it's here, why on, the it here list on the list is it's just like there's a bunch of games that you want to have a fun boss fight but you don't want to have like a bloodborne kind of boss fight where it's just like kind of like hours and hours like torture just like be a two-minute boss fight when you but like monster hunter what they do with their boss fights is they make them fun throughout the entire fight and it's like a long like 10-15 minute fight but it's like a spectacular experience just to hunt a monster so when you're playing is this something you like to go solo about or do you like playing with a group of people uh it depends on the for me i'm i'm typically a solo player but like i do have like friends i play the game with typically i the rule for me monster hunter is solo because i don't trust randos like random people joining my mm-hmm. my games. Let's go back to that. The whole um, like you like how spectacular the fight is. Is it is it the graphics? Is it like the the way that your attacks come out? Is it the the style of the monster? What 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 makes it so like beautiful? Like you said, different than like our Soul series kind of grinded out fights where I have to roll a thousand times for the, and hope for the best. I think the best way I can explain this is probably with the new title update that just dropped on the twentieth. Because they reintroduced a monster that hasn't been seen in the new generation in eight years. And how what they did with this fight, and a lot of monsters they do this with, is from older generations, when they bring them into the new game, they revamp everything about it. It's a whole new experience. And what they did with Amatsu, which is the new one that was added in the new title update, is it was a battle from start to finish of... Wow, this is really cool. It can't be can't get any better than this. And then they just go, here, here's something else that's completely different that makes the fight even more entertaining. And it just keeps building and building throughout the entire fight. And not only was it like a that buildup was amazing, but the whole fight was just in a, a beautiful experience to participate in. And so let's stick with, with new stuff, kind of the new stuff that Monster Hunter's doing. The game, they call it Monster Hunter Rise because they kind of changed the concept, right? It was more of a vertical-looking game as opposed to the older games were kind of linear. Did you notice that change? Did you did you like the change? The the change was amazing. That's the 
I was debating about be between going with Monster Hunter or Iceborne or Sunbreak to talk about, but I think, but the reason why I went with Sunbreak is coming, especially from coming from Iceborne to Monster Hunter Rise, is the new movement system changes like everything from exploration to combat. It adds this whole new element that makes it very fresh in this series I've been playing for a long time. It's, so okay, so why why does Sunbreak expansion? Why not just Monster Hunter Rise? What was what was so great about this expansion that you said I want to talk about this specifically? The because Sunbreak is the mastering. It's where it takes the base game that I played for I think like two hundred hours. I, if I remember before I added the expansion, but what the expansion does is it adds a whole other rank to the game, and that meant every fight that you had previously experienced, like from monsters from low or high rank, they get a whole new fight. So on top of the monsters they're adding, every fight previously added in the game gets revamped. And there's a bunch of new gear, new free content being added with Sunbreak. And the monsters that they added in Sunbreak are some of my favorites throughout the entire series. And it's monsters that I never had the chance of hunting before because either the game would be inex... Like, I can't access the games... Currently, like, uh, Monster Hunter Frontier can't access that anymore, but they bring monsters from that into this new game that everybody enjoys. So, anytime there's an expansion, you have to go back now and kind of redo every boss. Uh, are, you, are you currently playing? Are you still kind of going through this, this newest expansion, or have you, have you beaten it? I'm in the endgame content of it, and that, which is another reason why I like Sunbreak, is once you beat the whole story of the game, there's so much more to do after the main story quest ends. And it's this makes it's a fun grind to constantly upgrade your gear, get new skills, try to make the best set, try to which then you can help use to speedrun more. There's a bunch of stuff they added to Sunbreak that makes like the end game grind really fun and which is why I like I keep going back to Sunbreak like whenever I can. Are you uh, someone that likes doing like 100% on games? Or is this just one in particular? You just love this series, so you have to keep playing it. Depends on the game. For Monster Hunter, it's just like, it's just like my go-to game. Like If I just have to sit, relax, and just play, I'm just going to pick up Monster Hunter and just play it. I'm never going to 100% it, because if I was... I think I tried on um, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, and to this day, I still don't have it 100%. So... As soon as I tried for that one, I'm like, I'm never going to 100% a Monster Hunter game. I'm just going to play it for fun. Join us on the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. All right, let's move on to game number two. 
Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Currently at a 4.3 on channel 3. And I have to ask, is that a mannequin behind you? Or I got just curious after playing that game if being in a hall full of mannequins, just if you're just left in a, a dark room with mannequins, if you're okay or not. That's all I'm left wondering after that one. Honestly, from after playing Resident Evil 7, the thing I learned the most is don't trust anything you see. And I love that. Did you also learn that medically uh, stapling is not the best way to reattach a hand? That was the that was one of the takeaways from that game. Don't just staple. No, I mean, I, I mean, at this point, like, I'm just shocked that Ethan somehow still attempts to reattach it. Like, I feel like in every game Ethan has been in, he has lost the same hand. His ha- his hands just been abused in every game. I think he's been in, and it's hilarious because like, it just like the game. Everybody just like, oh, this is just accepted fat. That Ethan's hands are just going to get screwed up. Yeah, he's up there with the Skywalkers, Ash from Evil Dead, just the the hand damage Hall of Fame, no doubt. So, mm-hmm. so, so let's talk about this. Let's get into it. Sorry for for making my snarky comments off to the side. So we talked about Monster Hunter. How do we get into this being the the second on the list here? So I ca- I kind of a theme if you kind of look at like who makes the games is Capcom makes a bunch of really good games, and besides like Monster Hunter, I think. The Resident Evil series is probably the best horror series I you can possibly think of to play. And for Seven, it's really the one that got me into the whole Resident Evil series. So uh, let's talk about Seven for a minute here. So this, so Seven was that your first experience with Resident Evil? Then Seven was my first experience with Resident Evil. All right, so I, I have to ask them. So it got you into the series because Seven had a another change in perspective compared to other Resident Evil games. How did that go for you going back to the others? Like, did you go back to one? Did you go back to four? Like, how how did that work? Because seven is probably the most out there of the nine or whatever. When you count some of the stuff off to the side, whatever the count is total for the whole series, seven seems like it's the one that's most on its own island from a perspective point of view. I I, I don't know. Tell me about that. So the seven and eight both went to the first person's perspective. And the reason why it, they really did that is you're pl- instead of like playing as like Leon or Chris Redfield, like these really powerful, like really strong, amazing guys who like Chris Redfield apparently can now punch a boulder into a volcano with his bare hands and like Resident Evil f- uh, Five, I think. And then we have I just played through Resident Evil Four, and I kid you not, I Leon will suplex any person in that game with without hesitation you have these two amazing characters and then there's ethan who unlike the other two is this person you can relate to a lot he is somebody who is just thrown to this really bad situation and he's trying to just get out he's more relatable and they never show his face and i think it's a good idea not to show his face because it makes him more relatable and it really puts you in his shoes more and the whole change to the first person perspective it makes the game more terrifying i think a lot more because you don't you never expected it to go the first person but when they did it was great it was amazing so how about the vibe for this one again i I really have to compare to the rest of the series overall and it's funny because i made a joke about evil dead and the the hand damage hall of fame here but that's one of the inspirations or or references i think that the 
usually came up during the course of interviews was, you know, taking that cabin in the woods, taking the isolation and kind of the smaller, the smaller setting. Yeah. Listen, the first Resident Evil, I think was a little different though, because you had the whole, the whole mansion. You had multiple characters and multiple POVs and, uh, and all of that. But you know, how did this feel from like an isolation perspective? And again, is it, I feel like it's the creepier. Uh, oh, hundred percent. It is. Yeah. The, it is by far the creepiest one. I think a big reason is a lot is there's a lot of like horror stuff they implemented. Like the Baker family was a lot like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family with like it's just this really creepy group of people, and it just m- makes you feel like very insecure when you're around them. But then it's also more claustrophobic because it's like not like the mansion, but like their their property. It's like each is like blocked off in separate sections and each section is uniquely different, but so claustrophobic at the same time. And it's just like in the middle of nowhere, Louisiana, which makes it even way more creepier. And the fact that I think the really the like the cherry on top of everything is unlike everything else in the whole Resident Evil series, it's a whole new ball game because it's a whole new like bioweapon. Hence like biohazard. So it's a whole, so all the old rules don't apply. This is just new territory, which I think really helped. The other thing I was going to say about this game, so jumping back into it and, and talk about kind of the, the mood, the isolation, not as much action. I feel like the, the series really went from one and two were a lot about avoidance and jump scares and conservation. Four, three is just one I ignore. Three is like this black hole in the Resident Evil series for me. Four is like where it jumps into an action adventure game. And like you said, Leon suddenly goes from like the sheepish rookie cop in two who's just trying to survive to like you said, it's it's like Bruce Willis in the fourth diehard ready to jump off of a jet and, and all of this. And I feel like they, they went away from some of the action that was really popping in there and went into a lot more a lot more isolation. And it seems like you really vibed with that with this one too. I mean, horror, horror games are my favorite genre of game supply because, like, <laughs> I think the the feeling because like horror games provide an experience that like no other game really can provide to you, and that's like the sense of like you're in a situation that you bail that you don't really have control of. You never get in in real life. You can't really experience that, but a horror game you can experience that. And I think that's where, like the big selling point of those ca- kind of games are. And Seven does a great job with that. All right, well let's let's continue on with the horror game conversation. Uh, you know, we we talked kind of beforehand and, and talked earlier about Sammy Sig being uh, the prior uh, representative from the university here, and sure enough, we're going to go back to Dead by Daylight. Visiting that game here again, four point two rated on Channel Three here. Uh, you know, let, let's talk about. Uh, so I, first of all, how this end up third on the list? Because most of the times where I've seen you streaming. It's been a lot of the Dead by Daylight and a lot of the, the team efforts there, but how did this end up with a third spot? So, um, for me, Dead by Daylight, I've been playing, like, for years. I've been seeing, like, how it evolved from the... Like, I've been playing this, I think, since it came out on PlayStation Plus. So about, like, I think a year after it came out, which makes it six years old, which makes me feel old saying that. <laughs> uh, we're not, we're but, not um, doing this, Logan. We're not, do- we're not doing this. Sorry, <laughs> but um, it's my most competitive game that I play because it's was well, like the only really big competitive asymmetrical game, which is like a game when like there's two different like styles of gameplay being that's happening, which I enjoy a lot. But I like the competitive side of es- 
like the esports side of it that Dead by Daylight's coming out now. So, so you you mentioned the asymmetrical gameplay. So, if you had to pick Killer or Survivor, which one? Which one's your side? I current currently I'm a Survivor. I used to be a Killer, especially when the skill based matchmaking actually affected gameplay. So, like I was like a really good Killer back then. I played as Nemesis from Resident Evil. That's my main for Killer. Which is always fun to use. Still to this day, it's fun to use. What What are the benefits? What are the boons for Nemesis? For Nemesis, he gets like two AI zombies that walk around the map, which can help you like kill survivors. But his power works on mutating, so he has like a whip for like a mid range attack. And every time he either destroys a zombie or um, hits a survivor with his tentacle, his mutation goes up. And then like once he gets to like tier two and tier three, he gets new abilities. At tier 2, he could break anything breakable on the map with his tentacle, which makes him great for chases. And then tier 3 increases the length of the whip by like 2 more meters. But the best thing I love about Nemesis is he can hit over pallets, so when people like pallet stun me, and then like proceeds to teabag on the other side, they figure that Nemesis can hit over the pallet, and then I can hit him over the pallet. So, <laughs> so Ray, it's really fun for that. Ray, I'll translate you. That's full DLC privilege right there. Right? I'll translate that Translate that into other games for Ray. Pure DLC privilege. I, I, as a DLC main myself, I'm, I'm okay with all of that. I'm very happy to pay for the good stuff. <laughs> I, I have every Resident Evil one because they had not only just one, they had two Resident Evil chapters in the game. Yeah, Wesker. So. I know Wesker had his share of controversies, and you know, for a while there, as far as uh, his ability to to kind of lunge at people and getting an extra lunge, and and that throwing people off at the same time. Now, I, I have to ask you a question. I really have to ask probably all did by daylight players. Not how much do you like this game, but like on a scale of one to five, you know, one being um, okay and five being absolutely hate it. Where are you at on that one to five scale uh, of hating the game at the same time? <laughs> I feel like there's like oh. a, there's like a culture of cont- oh. yeah there okay <laughs> putting the five up I, in the I audio love playing medium. It, but, no hesitation. But like, <laughs> no, there was no hesitation because like there would be times where like oh yeah it's fun and then the next game I would be playing for two minutes because I would get chased by like a bubba with a chainsaw. He hooks me and then he just stands in front of me for two minutes and I can't even play the game and I'm like fun. So like for me it's like. There's either a good game or a game that makes me just want to stop playing, and that's like every other game. Yeah, that that seems to be really the case here. So, so do you have a squad you normally play? With? I, I feel like this is a game you mentioned uh, the change away from some of the the skill based matchmaking, and I feel like this is a game that can be absolutely infuriating when it comes to the random lobbies. Um, so, do you have a squad you play with normally? How do you how do you go about this? So, there'd be times where I usually. I would play duos, so that would probably be like uh, me and Sammy will probably be playing Dead by Daylight as a pair of duos, and then um, probably a, my other friends will probably join in. I just said Sammy because like probably like out everyone else. That's whenever like you have like a friend online, and it's like oh, if I invite them, they'll definitely join for like this game. Yeah, it's I just send that to my duo. So there's that, and then. Um, for Miami, I play with a bunch of Miami people, especially on our club team. So how's the structure for the club team work? I, I want to ask about that because we, we, we dabbled with that with Sammy a little bit. How, how does that work as far as like a club goes? You know, you play against killers from other places or survivors or is it in-house? How's that work? So very, this like the, like, um, 
Dead by Daylight, like the esports scene is actually very new. They're just now the community cups that are happening this year, or actually the first official Dead by Daylight tournaments that have happened since 2018. And for Miami, we actually are going to be our club team is competing in the North American Dead by Daylight Cup that's happening on May May 6th. And how the team's structured is you have four survivors and one killer. So you have one designated killer, four survivors, and they go against, you play against another team, except your killer goes against their survivors and and vice versa. So it's like that a makes simul- si- kind of like a simultaneous match taking place. Effectively, you've got your your offense and your defense playing separate games at the same or separate games, whether it's at the same time or or staggered with each yep. other. Okay, well, fair enough. And the winner basically comes down to the hooks, like the amount of hooks you can get. Whoever has more hooks in the end wins. For oh, okay, so it's not even like just yeah. I mean, when you're playing with survivors who are that skilled and organized and probably effective at communicating it's it's probably not really you're not going to see the killer win all that often (laughs) so so hook count makes sense as far as having a a score method goes for that okay i mean that in 2018 the only official dead by daylight tournament which was the two anniversary escape tournament did their scoring was based off of kills and escapes and the killer uh, like for points for a killer was way more difficult than it is for a survivor because you can literally hug somebody eight times and everyone can be on final hook and then all they have to do is just walk out the game and you can get zero points. So like they, it was one of the big changes they had to make for the esport rules. Yeah, all or, all or nothing's not really effective on the killer side, especially for an asymmetrical game. All right, my last question. You talked about Nemesis being your go-to killer. Let's talk about the survivor side. Who do you go with from a survivor perspective and and why? So originally I was Jill Valentine, but now I am Rebecca Chambers because I figured if I'm going to play a character, I better play as one of the Resident Evil characters. And then I I chose Rebecca because she's like the only character who hasn't appeared in like a new gen game yet. I'm like, I feel bad. So I play Rebecca because of that. Hey, that, that reminded me of the one question I didn't ask about the club teams. Are there restrictions then on killers and DLC and how... How does that work? So, very interesting, actually. So how the whole tournament is structured, basically, is through several different rounds. Each round has a killer pool, so there'll be four killers to pick from for that round. And then you play on one map. So like the first round in the tournament, I believe, had Nemesis. I know it had Nemesis. It had Doctor and then two other killers. And then it was played on the game, the Saw map. So that'll be one round. And then the next round would be a different pool of killers to choose from on a different map. And it continues on like that to the very end. All right. Fair enough. Thanks for taking us on a, a little tour there. Let's go through. Uh, we walked through your three. Now it's time to move on to honorable mentions. We're going to talk about a few games that didn't quite make the primary cut here. Now, one thing I learned after Sammy's uh, presentation or Sammy's discussion with the podcast here was to take in the surroundings. Me, I have just the Street Fighter background carrying over for last night, but Ray and I joked at the end of it that we totally missed the Wii wheel on the back of her uh, her camera background there. I'm, I call yours out because over your left shoulder there is the uh, original Alien poster <laughs> from uh, Ridley Scott's classic where no one can hear you scream. We're going to talk about Alien Isolation here, which is the uh, basically, effectively it works canonically. 
alien game here where you play Ellen Ripley's daughter. And I got I'm, I'm going to start off here so we're continuing in the horror genre. Who's your most dreaded enemy in this game? This is a game where you're not just pursued by the alien, but you know, you got some other problems to deal with in this game and we'll talk about. Uh, it's still going to come down to like the most un the alien itself is the most terrifying thing in that game because it has the I have never experienced another enemy in a game where it learns. It's smart. There, there was a moment where it learned what the noisemaker was, which is like what it sounds like, the noisemaker. So I kept throwing it. And then the third time I threw one, instead of going to the noisemaker, it went where it, where it was thrown from. So I just see like this guy coming full speed down the hallway. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no. Game, game over. I hated the yeah, it's, I hated it, the androids. That's why I did. Like the I felt like the I felt like the xenomorph was a given. Like the xenomorph is going to make your life miserable. But to your point, like it it learns. You know, you've got your your radar tracker to try and keep an eye on it. But if you use the radar tracker to try and keep an eye on it, it starts tracking you via the radar tracker. So you can't really mm-hmm. you can't really use that much. It's chasing you into rooms. It's looking in the same hiding spaces as you're going kind of kind of back and forth. But man, I hate the androids in that game more than anything myself. <laughs> Part because I just gave they, the xenomorph. They, they were accepted the xenomorph. Yeah, they they weren't friendly. They they weren't the androids like Bishop. Bishop's a homie. These guys were not homies. <laughs> yeah, there's there's one android in the history of the entire franchise, and and you referenced it there. The rest of them are all uh, all jerks. So, <laughs> including 100%. this game. So, by the way, earlier, by the way, I I wanted to say this. I love the Evil Dead reference. By the way, oh, that- um, as a big movie guy. I love hearing that uh, movie reference. <laughs> hey, yeah, that that's listen. I have not played much Dead by Daylight. The, the times where I have played Ash is a DLC character, I had to go with it, and that's uh, even from a Fortnite perspective. I got I got to roll with that. It's always it's always fun to use. So, but anyway, so so Alien wise, so tell me because this is one of those games where I felt like I had to. It's a very dark game. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's one of those games I really had to turn the lights off, just kind of play in just the pure dark and just kind of get yourself. You talked about it earlier with the horror games, right? I feel like this is a prime example of getting yourself really worked up and getting into it. I feel like you could turn the lights off and really lose yourself in this. hundred percent. Alien isolation. What is, does exactly that because a lot of the time, like for me, I was so scared. Like when I, this game came out in 2014, I was so scared at the time to play it. When I got to the level involving the medical bay that I actually st- Stopped playing the game on the 360, sold the 360 and everything, and so I bought it again to beat it on the PlayStation, and I did a whole playthrough. But um, it's it did that. It was really scary, especially with like the amount of times like the alien kept going through and everything. But it made the atmosphere perfect, and the light, like having lights in the room, just ruined the experience. Like I don't think I watched a single time I watched Alien. I watched this thing up. Bunch. Like, it's my favorite movie. I never watched that with lights on. You have to experience it in the dark. And I think the same thing applies to the game, where you're playing in the light, it's going to ruin your experience. Yeah, and I, and I love both Alien and Aliens, but this is absolutely more in the vibe of Alien. Just isolate, you know, Aliens is a lot more of a war film. This is just, you're isolated for anybody who hasn't played this and is of the disposition to try a horror game or likes the movie. This is one of those games where like, no, they they got the vibe of the movie. They put you in the movie really effectively in, in understanding that. 
And they did a great job, especially the fact that, like, kind of, like, how... Because, like, from the movie and the game, the horror has... There's going to be horror, but the experience you get with playing the game is so much better than, like, the horror you get from the movie. Which is, I think, really what made Alien Isolation amazing. It's, it had a great story to go off of and a great horror icon to follow up with, which was Alien. And I think, like... All that together, combine that together, you get one of the best horror games of all time. So that that brings me to my final question on the game. Are we, you know, it's been the better part of a decade. It was been nine years now. It leaves on a little, it leaves a little something there. You can, you can end the game and be done with it. There's a bit of a cliffhanger. Do you think we're going to get a sequel? Someone's going to crack this back open again. What do you think is going to happen there? I, I hope so. I mean, so far, the last alien game I played was Alien Fireteam Elite, which, um, was a like mash it was basically left for dead but they instead of zombies it was xenomorphs and then like i was super excited to hear about the new alien game dark descent looked very promising i was like oh it's gonna be a sequel to isolation and then it turned out to be a top-down view iso action game yep and i was like can we just get the sequel Everybody wants the sequel. It'll be it'll be amazing if we get a sequel. I feel like they've the got they've got to figure out a gimmick. I feel like you know you can't just run the same play again. They got to figure something out to uh, something out to make it work and not be an escort mission or not you know going back and forth and almost having like a Metroidvania really worked for it and the hiding and the alien and the androids and everything. But I feel like they gotta they gotta figure something out new. But I'm hopeful. I mean, if they. I've I've been waiting for anything new from the Alien franchise. Period. Because, like, after Alien Covenant, I was like, I need more. I need more. This this is like, a separate discussion. Be- this is a separate discussion for my movie group, and I don't have the emotional fortitude to do it. Because to this day, one of the last movies I ever watched with my dad was Alien Resurrection, and I'm still traumatized by how much I hate that movie. And how disappointed my dad was. <laughs> Excited he was coming home knowing I'd watch it with him from the video store. And both of us just hating that thing. Dude, the newborn was. Who? Why was that a thing? We're gonna, why was that? We're a gonna thing? put Ray to sleep. We gotta end the movie discussion. Ray, up. jump in. Jump we've in. Completely come, we've, we've completely come off topic here. We, you can't. Let Resident Evil Four. Ray, get in there. Next on the list. Go, 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 go. back. We're going back to Resident Evil. Resident Evil Four, the remake. Resident yeah. Evil Four, the remake. Which you know now it's gonna be interesting because Resident Evil Seven is your first Resident Evil, and that's the first person game. You come to Resident Evil 4, and I'm going to assume you have not played the original Resident Evil 4. It's only the remake, right? Or have you after this time? I never played 4. I actually didn't know anything about 4. Because like, what I do with the Resident Evil, especially with the remakes, is I don't look up anything about the story goes in the original. I like going in blind, which is, I think, the best experience anyone can get when they play a game. And I was very glad I did that. Because I think four was by far one of my favorite games. I think I've I'm currently on like my fourth playthrough of the whole game. So Oh, okay. So you love this game. So just just tell me about it. Tell me tell me about why you love this game, why you're playing it four times over. Just just let us know. I think um especially coming up after the Resident Evil three remake of uh, it being like we had Resident Evil two, great game, the re- like the the remake of it. Amazing, really fun, and then three happened, and it was really good. Except it was the whole game can be beaten in two hours. And when I first played the game, I beat it in four hours. I was very disappointed, and there wasn't much replayability. Four, however, ha- 
improved on everything. It was a very great, enriching story to play through from start to end. There was a lot of replayability with difficulties, the the item shop to see all the assets they use and models to just the gameplay like the whole combat system was very fun but also wasn't like i was this like bad zombie killer which you are it's leon but like it was the perfect blend of action and horror though because there was so many parts that i jumped and i think it just did the best job of blending two really iconic genres of action and horror and then just making this masterpiece of a game so are there any any moments to stand out to you? Like you played it four times over. You said there's certain things you jump out. Any any kind of big or impactful moments? You're like, oh wow! Like I'm, this here is why I love the game. Like this this piece here. Ah, uh, where do I start? Do I go with the Lago boss fight to the dog freeing the dog from the bear traps? The bear traps in the beginning were hilarious. To Ramon to. There's so many iconic moments, so like I can barely list. But I think like my favorite one of all has to be the learning about Luis and his whole like story arc was really fascinating. I think, and I was really he was he became one of my new favorite characters. Like I think that was probably my favorite part of the game. And so going again seven to four, you you played two and three. Uh, what do you prefer? Do you like the first person style, or do you like that third person over the shoulder? kind of seeing your character look? Honestly, I like them both. Because with third person, especially with um, the best game Resident Evil that does this is um, Resident Evil 8 because it gives you the option now of playing the whole game in first or third person. And so I like played that and like the difference really in and this kind of like applies to like all the Resident Evil games is like first person makes you feel more isolated while third person you get the whole like kind of like open feeling, but you also realize how screwed you are because usually in the third person games, everything is bigger, everything is faster because with the freedom of the camera. So like even though it's like oh yeah you can see more, we're gonna put you in more danger more often is what it seems like. While like first person really relies on the isolation kind of like you don't know what's gonna be behind this door. I don't know. There was like a bunch of different elements that both first and third person provides for the Resident Evil games specifically that, that that I enjoy, and I honestly can't really pick between which one. So, have you played all the Resident Evils up to this point, either remake or original, somehow, some way? I surprisingly never played one, um, and never played five or six. So, of the ones you have played, so first of all, I think Dan Dan looked like he was about to explode at that conference. We right got, yeah, the, listen. <laughs> You you have penance to make up. You you got to go back and play one. I know. Like, I it's have an entirely the remastered. No, I have the remastered on one. I just been waiting to play it. All right. All I right, don't have the right. time right now. Don't leave that on the backlog a- too much longer because it is. It's an entirely different game than these. <laughs> oh, it is an interesting play. series, right? Where you don't have to play them in order, right? A lot of series you kind of you kind of want to play them in some sort of order. Somehow with Resident Evil, it's like yeah, just. Pick whichever one you want one, and kind of enjoy yourself. One and it. two, one and two, like logically makes sense, and kind then after flow. that, they they just they fortunately were smart one, enough to break three. away. Yeah, it, it's like it's the whole Raccoon City saga, which is like four separate stories happening at once, which which works because like you because it's like Resident Evil one, two, three, and then technically zero, right? With like Rebecca Chambers, yeah, and that, like, so that's where that, that, that's where I get into the dark period because three, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm spent on this, which also 
Capcom did too. They they said no, we're we're moving on also. So they were with me. Yeah, so like that was the whole arc of like Raccoon City, and then like you had four, five, and six, which is like the aftermath arc, and then now we're we're in the new arc of new bioweapons and stuff, which is seven and eight. Well, so I was this: which which story have you preferred, or is four the game you prefer? Is that your has that been your favorite Resident Evil up to this point? I think like gameplay wise and everything, four is my favorite because it had the best gameplay. Everything felt so smooth, and plus the game looked amazing and gorgeous. Like it was so amazing. My my gaming computer, which never had problems, like it could run Alien Isolation, it could not run the demo for Resident Evil Four. It was just so amazing. It just crashed my computer. My computer could not handle the awesomeness of Four. Welcome to but PC like gaming in 2023. Yep, <laughs> I think like Four though had the best gameplay of all the Resident Evils. But I think, like, the raccoon... I love the raccoon city because there's so many different things happening. And it's, like, the whole... Like, it's what started the whole domino effect of the whole series. And there's so many iconic moments in the original, like, raccoon city incident that I enjoy that you can't really recreate in the new games. Unless you remake it. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go to your final honorable mention and talk about The Last of Us, where I'm going to start off and say, wait, why why did it take us six games to get to this? You have, Answer me that first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so let's talk. How did this one get the uh, the final coveted spot in all seriousness? I think like like really like all the games that I picked today, like the top guys, like kind of like games that I think are like kind of important. Like Monster is like my most important, like it's my favorite game series of all time. Resident Evil, best horror franchise, best horror experience I had. And Alien Isolation is another great horror experience. But The Last of Us, I think is one of the best story, is probably one of the greatest story games of all time for any video game. And I think that was the game that got me into like this career of like, this is what gaming can do and I'm going to go down this route. Yeah, it's funny because I I think of Uncharted 2 and this go hand in hand for me, where Uncharted 2 really pushed cinema into video games or or video games into cinema, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it. And and yeah, this one really took that baton from Uncharted 2 and took the narrative side of it and pushed it even further. So uh, I'm definitely with you there as far as uh, that side of the conversation goes. So when when did you first crack this one? Because this, you know, we joke about Skyrim having 175 releases right down to to running on people's Alexas. And I I feel like The Last of Us got away because it was a Sony PlayStation exclusive. But it started with a three, then you got a little upgrade with the four. Now they've they've re-released it and kind of rebuilt it from the ground up and, and not just, you know, not just touched up the skins, but really rebuilt it with The Last of Us Part One. When when did you get to uh when did you first experience this? So I first experienced um, Last of Us pr- like probably shortly after Resident Evil Seven because for the longest time I was an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I was there with in the Black Ops Two era. I forgive you all the way. Yeah. So, so I got a PlayStation Four and um, the when Battlefront came out, and that was like the day. I know exactly what day because that was like the big. That was when Sony got hacked and nobody could get into their PlayStations. That's when I got mine. I was like, great start to my PlayStation. Can't even use it. But as soon as I, um, I think I got The Last of Us, half price books, actually. It was on sale there for some reason for like five bucks. Don't know why. 
But I got that, sat down, and I played it, and I was just blown away. First of all, I did not even realize that Half Race books had had video games. I did not know that. Apparently, they do, and they're very cheap, and they're like classics. Like it was really like Last of Us next to Fallout Four, next to I think Black Ops Three. I'm like, it's like those it's are like, three great. Yeah, like the Ollie's bargain bin. They're just buying whatever's left over, laying around on the shelf, probably at a. Uh large wholesale price discounts are oh, for sure but i'm like also i'm like what a, what a great powerhouse of games we've got fallout 4 bo3 last of us and i chose last of us and i was glad yeah it's definitely a game where i mean I, i've talked before that probably the first half of the game i was like whatever whatever and then she started kind of watching in the background like this is really good and you know finally got to the hbo series and she was sorely disappointed she didn't waste about five hours watching watching Pedro Pascal shovel through every drawer and look under every magazine for every potential casing of ammunition uh, <laughs> that was out there. I feel like they, they made some judicious cuts, but then the narrative while you're going through it, though, is is really top tier and really, really uh, builds, I think, is the way to put it. It makes it very believable from, from that relationship, and again, it's really fresh in everybody's minds here coming off of the HBO uh, success and, and kind of leveraging towards the, the second part coming up someday, but um, yeah, definitely a great For story. sure. I, I think my favorite thing about the story of The Last of Us is the fact that I, are we good, like, talk spoilers? I don't know if we, if we it, can about yeah, the ending. It, listen, people, skip ahead. Figure figure it out. Take, skip ahead five minutes and work your way back. Go ahead. So, like, basically, like, the, the ending of The Last of Us with Joel's decision and everything. Oh, right, right. Earmuff if you care. Sorry, I should probably tell It's okay. Go right, take no, your headphones totally off if you need to. Okay. <laughs> but, it, like, when you're playing a game, like, there's choices that you can make in the game. It's like, oh, do I do option A or B? But The Last of Us was a game where, like you're you're not you're playing you're not playing as a, as this character you make you're playing as Joel you're not making any decisions it's Joel's decisions and it really showed that like the whole story of The Last of Us isn't a game that the player can decide how it goes it is a narrative uh, honestly like different very different kinds of like love stories of like different of like different degrees combined into this one story that the player has no control over what changes. And it's really fascinating seeing a game portray that. Because I don't think we really had games at the time like really do that kind of storytelling. So when like this game came out, I was just blown away. Like a game can tell this great of a story that you probably like only seen like every once in a while from a really good TV show. Yeah, we were talking beforehand about your your major and really understanding I, I jokingly call it or, or probably oversimplified by calling it the anthropology of video games and probably that, that study and empathy or, or in, in really becoming the character is probably going to be probably like a senior thesis project for you in this one and understanding how the, the Naughty Dog team really uh, really got you in the shoes on this one. I'll just say in the last spoiler conversation, and I don't know if you watched the show or not, I will say the thing that probably annoyed me the most in the show was seeing the, the final stretch there where no, no, no. Listen, those Firefly punks were in paramilitary armor. It was not as easy as Joel walking out of there one arm. I had to, I died about 75 times trying to get through those punks. Uh, Dude, that, that whole section in the hospital was just straight hell, if I may say. It was, I remember playing that for the first time, and I think I had a, like a stop timer next to me, just timing. 
how many time, how long it took me. I think it took me three hours straight just sitting in the chair. Mason Druckmann, I don't see the the concrete barricades lined up there. I don't see the paramilitary gear. Pedro Pascal had it way easier than I did. I'm done, Ray. The, you're up <laughs> again. Again, we keep going to this. Not technically not film, but do you keep putting Dan on these rants here about how how the show should be done? But anyway, I mean, we're gonna move on. <laughs> we move on to the future games. And the one game you have listed here looking forward to is Hades 2, which is the correct answer, by the way. I know, I know Tears of the Kingdom comes out soon, but the correct answer to future game is in fact Hades 2. So let's start with this. Did you did you play the original Hades? Uh I have i'm actually still playing it it's one of uh i'm i beat hades multiple times i'm at the point where like i just had to like get all the boon like more get all like the hearts up higher mm-hmm. with all the god's boons but besi- but hades is such a fun game and it's it's really like for me like i don't like rage games like i i play them but do i enjoy them maybe but like hades was I thought, like, I avoided it for the longest time because I thought it was going to be, like, a rage game for me. But when I played it, it actually was like, this is really fun. It's actually not, like, annoyingly difficult. Once once I figured that out, I fell in love with the game. And I'm excited to see where Hades 2 goes because, it was, like, Hades did a lot of perfect things. I don't know what they're going to be doing that's going to be different, but I'm excited because they're going to figure out why the one up Hades one, and I'm excited to see how they do that. You you answered the question correctly, which is I'm still playing because that's that's true. There is there is no finishing this game. Every time you I think finish. I finished the game, I, I I thought I finished the game about four different times, uh, going through all the different plots and stuff. And then at one point, I was like, all right, I'm never. Like, I have to do this very specific run. To, to get this very specific character to talk to me. And I started, like, YouTubing sections of it. Uh, I'm 90 runs in, and I'm still, like, trying to figure things out. You're right, that game, it never stops. So we're fighting, I assume, Kronos. Because in the, the preview, they say Titan of Time. They don't actually say it in the name Kronos. But I guess, right, that's cool. the difference. We're fighting Titans now uh, instead of, instead of kind of gods or demigods this time. Any... So any guess, if we have one Titan, you think we're going to get more Titans? Or do you think we're going to have different gods help us? I I honestly have no clue. Because one of, one of the things I like doing for um, future games is like, kind of like keep in the dark until like official trailers come out. But I think for Hades 2, we're going to see a lot... Well, besides like the new protagonist, am I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a while since I looked up anything Hades related. I've just been... Dealing with the whole new tile update for Monster Hunter, so brains all scrambled from that. But um, Hades two, I'm excited to see if we're gonna get other Titans because I think there's a lot they can do there with the different different Titans. I'm wondering how we're gonna if we're ever gonna see any of the original characters from Hades one in it too. Ray, I gotta tell you, yeah. not to jump in on your game here, but just wait, not to get spoiler about it. Wait till run 100 when you have to battle Kratos. It's epic. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole time he just screams boy. Right, he just yells boy at you over and over again. Boy. I'm, missing, I'm missing an entire part of the game. I'm with you there. This the previews have given us very little. It looks you know, the art style looks very similar, which I love. Like it's a very cool art style. But I my only hope is that they keep that same level of storytelling. Because like you said, right, these kind of roguelike games can really 
get frustrating and you feel like, my gosh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just fighting for the sake of fighting. But this game gives you just that little bit of story every single time. Do you, it's meaningful, right? Every time you lose, like, oh, I, I learned something at least. There's a point to it. That's going to yeah, be my only hope. 100%. Because, like, um, tr- trust me, do, tip for anyone um, who wants to play Hades, do not follow that up with Bloodborne. You, that's a big mistake, which is what I did. I, I went from Bloodborne to Hades, which was great, because, like, Bloodborne punished you for dying every single time. But then, like, Hades at least, like, rewards you. Like, even if you die, it's like, hey, you died, but here's some th- stuff that can help you on your next run. That's what I liked about, like, really the gameplay mechanics of, like, Hades and stuff, and, like, why I was able to really play that game. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look here. We're going into one of the features of Channel 3 here. We're going to talk about a quest, a question from Channel 3's history that one of the things we didn't give you a heads up we were going to talk about here. So what we want to do is take okay. one of those quests and present to you uh, to answer here. What we're going to ask of you is to tell us about your favorite piece of gaming equipment. Oh, that is a toughie. It's like, um, if we, hmm, I think. Yeah, Ray, I'll, like, I'll, point out, PlayStation- I'll point out while he's looking back there, you'll notice there's no Xbox 360 or Xbox posters back there. He's got the Got the PlayStation uh, buttons back on the wall there. I'm oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, start, I mean, I'm starting with Ray. Every, I don't know why. Everyone, everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. I mean, if we're talking about like which is like the best console I have played. No, 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 no. Own, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that's that. That's a different story. Whatever. That's a whatever, different story. Yeah, no, no. I kid. I, I'm just messing. I, I feel like getting a little sassy with yeah. Ray today. I don't know why. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. The Xbox 360 was the best console you played. I agree with you. It was. Hundred percent, one of them. I don't know. PS Five, a lot of good stuff with it, but I don't think the impact of like once you go from the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, like Black Ops Two, there's no topping that. Like, there's very little that can beat that. But I think like my best gaming equipment that I have here is probably the PS Five. So, is the controller is a particular piece of gear? Is just the the hardware as a whole? I mean, for PS Five, like the oh, uh, I mean, I sell on my PS Four in the in like my room here, but um, the PS5 did so much more improvements with um, streaming. Like I love the feature of like, oh, I need I. There was a really cool thing that happened in this game. I wish I could have recorded that. PS5 just introduces a feature where you can just straight up record any gameplay after an hour. Or and I'm like, that's amazing. And then they made a lot of uh, big improvements. Like, they added Discord finally to the PS5, to different controllers. Like, um, my PS5 controller is broken. Yeah, I can still use my old PS4 controllers on the new console. And there's just a lot of, like, new accessibilities and UI features that the PS5 really included. How did the broken controller not come up during Dead by Daylight? Because I assume Dead by Daylight was responsible for the broken controller. No, no, I... Okay, so this is, like, a magic trick how I broke this. Apparently, the headphone, like I had a headset, not this one, but a different one, plugged into the bottom of it. And I'm just like sitting in this gaming chair playing Apex with my two friends. And um, it, the cord got caught on the wheel and it pulled out the headphone jack so hard that it, whenever I try to plug in a new headset, legit, the right side would not have audio, but the left side would. And I know it's a controller because if I jiggle it correctly, the audio would sometimes come back. So I literally just broke the headphone jack part of it. This segment brought to you by Bluetooth headsets. Okay, I'm good, Ray. 
I, first of all, my all my stuff is still wired, so you 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 keep plugging things in. Okay. I wired is the best. I I, have, I had a Bluetooth one that broke on me. That was three hundred dollars gone. No reason why it exploded. Gone. The last wireless thing I the last wireless thing that I depended on, and I won't do it anymore, was the WaveBird controller for the GameCube. Let me tell you, I've, they've they've actually never gotten better wireless since that controller. And I'm and I'm that's what I'm sticking to right there. And my Mad Cats and my Mad Cats third party wireless GameCube controller with the AAA batteries and a see through case. Ooh. Still, still better than a Bluetooth controller today. I'm saying it now, and I mean it. Hundred percent. And with that, with <laughs> and that, ending on that, <laughs> we get to the last question, which is, what has been your favorite feature on Channel Three, Young Logan? Oh, it has to be the daily three mini games. The Every, every time I log on the channel three, there's always three things I like to do on it. I love playing the enhance, the target, and the trivia. Every single time, I think it's like a fun feature to have that like most other um, sites like Discord, which are like really like why I enjoy channel three. It's like unlike Discord, channel three actually has fun activities that you can actually like participate and play within the the site itself, and I really enjoy that. <laughs> Oh, which is your favorite of the three? Oh, it has to be enhanced, hundred percent. I was gonna, I was gonna Joel. ask which which targets do you usually go for? Joel wins again. Yeah, Joel wins again. for me. I don't play. No, here's the problem: the games that come up usually for target, I don't play. I don't play Fortnite anymore. Like I, I used to play it before the new like like I used to play it right before the whole. Uh, reboot with the new island. I I was OG Fortnite like time. Well, so what? Game, like, I don't what know. Game do we have to add? What game do we have to add? I can't do Dead by Daylight. There's no way to make those maps work because you just show like black sludge. I can't. I can't do a Dead oh. by Daylight one. But what, for what sure. Can, what can but, I do? Um, Give me an idea. I mean, you. I mean, there was the occasional Horizon Zero Dawn was a great one. By the way, fantastic. Um, another one that possibly is actually Moss Hunter with the mini maps. Uh, and then you also have the GTA, Horizon Zero Dawn, to Cyberpunk, to The Witcher 3. There's a lot there is a lot of games. If yeah, you need help with coming you, up with games, I got you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> tell you, I'll tell you someone's cooking up some Red Dead and some uh, some more Elden Rings right now. That that the Witcher's probably a particularly good call out. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, Ray usually handles the Fortnite channel. Oh, Dan, that's you. Yeah, I'm I'm the other category. So there's there's like seven games in the other rotation that uh somebody's cooking up some Elden Rings and some Red Dead for me also now. But I'm, I may have to think about The Witcher in there. I'm still impressed at the at the Mario Kart and that whole setup. I was I was I was I wasn't expecting all that. I think it's very cool. No, honestly, like the fact that like I, every time I play like um the like Target ones, like for the map ones. Like when I when I see a game that I know, my I literally am like, oh, I might actually get this one. <laughs> and the only one I think I've gotten was GTA, like for sure. I screwed up the the Zero Dawn one, and I was so mad at myself for that because that was the the only game I one hundred percent in my life was Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> That's okay. I still screw up the pictures that I take myself. So hey, listen, you can I, you I, can. You can follow along with my Horizon Zero Dawn journey right now because today's target was uh, was me arriving at the at the border gates today. I'm like, oh, that looks like a good shot I should take. <laughs> oh, nice! All right, 
And with that, we've made it to the end of another podcast. Thank you, Young Logan, for being here today. You can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am El Ray. Dan Tucker puts this all together. And executive producer Joel Willis. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>